Hey everyone, my name is Ben Gramico. I'm from InterNACHI, that's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. And we're doing a webinar today. It's a live online interactive webinar. And today we have a special guest, that's Glenn Stevens. And Glenn, he started uh, G. Stevens & Associates way back in 2011. He has three Florida licenses, uh, certified residential contractor, certified roofing contractor, and also a home inspector down in Florida. And his goal is to educate homeowners about their homes and how to protect their investment. And Glenn, I, I believe you've performed more than just a few home inspections. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm at the 4,000 plus mark. So yeah. <laughs> so you are, uh, you are in a position to actually help others. You're a trainer, you're a teacher, an instructor, you're a head of education at Fabi. Why don't you tell us about Fabi? What's Fabi? Fabi is Florida Association of Building Inspectors. Uh, we are the state association for Florida, uh, and we focus we focus all of our stuff and our our training on Florida-based inspections. Uh, for those of you who don't understand, uh, Florida is probably one of the most unique markets that are out there. So, with that being said, you know we. We, and we do a lot of different things that the rest of the country, the rest of the world just, uh, just doesn't do. Uh, insurance inspections such as wind mitigations and four points. Uh, these are very specialized to uh, Florida uh, inspectors. And if you don't perform those, well, guess what? Uh, you're not gonna do a whole heck of a lot of inspections and everything, uh, especially if you don't perform them with the home inspector. Standalone, it's a different, different subject altogether, but there's guys who do that as well. So. With that unique environment, uh, dealing with uh, salt water humidity on a daily basis as we do down here, Florida Association of Building Inspectors is really the association uh, that focuses on those types of inspections. Um, we, we just, and we have four conferences a year. We've got another conference coming up in September. We just had one in June in Tampa. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but yeah, we've got a conference coming up here in September. Yep. So, and uh, the conference, how many people do you expect? Uh, we're actually expecting uh, 200 plus. Because your previous, yeah. you just recent had a chapter meeting. The, the chapter meeting had 150. Yeah, people. yeah. Our, our, our conference <laughs> in June in Tampa, we had 150 people show up for that class. <laughs> uh, for that three-day event, you know, so we love it. Yeah. And all state-approved CE stuff? All approved CEs, yes. And good, good food. Uh, very good food. I, you know, <laughs> I do eat well. <laughs> so down in Florida, uh, you you guys do things. You guys and guys do things um, like aging the roof, right? Because when you're oh, doing a roof inspection, you got to put some ages down in the in the system. Sure do. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so with the, uh, with the roofs, right? Um, we're looking at uh, how that roof is because. The insurance carriers here in Florida are driving this effort, okay, much to the roofing industry and the home inspectors industry uh, uh, dismay. Uh, so the, uh, the insurance companies are really coming in. Right now, they are saying they're not writing new policies, new insurance policies for shingle roofs or modified bitumen roofs that are older than 10 years. Hmm. Tile roofs. Huh they're not writing new policies if they're older than 20. Hmm. 
And this isn't just one company. This is a multitude of companies uh, from the larger uh, large carriers down to the smaller ones. So it's becoming it's becoming quite tricky in, yeah. in trying to uh, negotiate that for, uh, with our clients or inform our clients of all that information because of it's always changing. The information yeah. is always changing for us. So, yeah, we have to age the roots uh, and uh, you know, surprisingly, those roots uh, they they die pretty quickly. A fifty year yeah. roof does not last for fifty years here in Florida. And uh, you know, we're all deeply saddened by um, the news of the building collapse down in Florida, and um, you know, our our hearts our hearts and thoughts go out to the families that are affected. But we're in a, a unique position to help out. Like correct every yeah, building. Are. Every building should be inspected on a regular basis. It should. Not it short. doesn't matter. Commercial, residential, uh, high-rise condos, all of it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's our job to really look at the details of all those structures. Yep. And you can't get any better than you are. You can't. You can only go as far as you know. So exactly. that's why I really appreciate hearing that you're uh, the the director of education down there in Florida and providing some really good live classes to uh, keep our professional development going and learn more so we can yeah. be better inspectors for everybody. Exactly. Really yeah. I, I, yeah, I honestly live by the creed that knowledge is power, but only if you share it uh, and, and you never stop learning, you know, so. And that's why we're here. There you go. This webinar. We're here. Yeah. So, so what do you want to share? What what should we learn from you today? You know what we've got. We've got so much information. You know. So, all right. Let's. Um, and also, by by the way, uh, folks who are attending, um, if you want to ask questions, um, Glenn uh, can um, grab those questions and answer them. We could save a few at the end. Whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, so feel know, free to ask questions if you'd like. No, no big deal. Or yeah. you can you can chat them. There's a little chat feature, and there's a Q and A feature, which is what we prefer here. A little Q and A feature. You can put your question in there, and you can um, you can actually upvote questions that are good. Um, so, uh, thanks for everybody attending. And yeah. again, thanks, Glenn, for being here. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. So you know, one of the I got an emergency call here um, earlier this week that had a brand new roof installed, okay? And that roof, and we'll get up and, and throw on that chair. Yep. So with that roof, it's a brand new modified bitumen roof. And uh, this is a very large flat roof. Um, the, uh, the building itself is a uh, wood frame stucco over and they are still getting water coming in. And I can't imagine why, uh, as we're seeing an entire wall opened up here, as well as with the stucco. Um, you know, counter flashing. Counter flashing is an absolute major concern. Uh, it, if the roofer is not, if they're not properly flashing the structure, you will always get water in. And in this particular case, this roofer had three different types of sealant along this counter flashing. And it is just, it's a horrendous looking 
job. It, it, it really is. You know, so as we go through corners around curves, the whole nine yards, it's just absolutely ugly. Well, the problem with sealant is they're just not enough to put on. You just keep putting it on, put it on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> More sealant is better sealant. Okay. Um, and, you know, so we've got this structure. It's very large. Uh, it is on the water, as we can tell. It, this is a canal right, right next to the structure. This is actually out on a barrier island. So as we're going through, right, uh, and look at the stucco. Um, the, uh, look, uh, look at where the stucco here is just absolutely cracked. Uh, and by the way, this is one of the classes that we had at our last conference was talking about stucco and, and, and the issues that we have with that. Well, here it is. I've got cracks in stucco and I've got water intrusion. So, you know, so this client was really concerned about the fact that they're still getting water intrusion from the roof element. And, and I got out there and I said, well, the truth is, it's more than just the roof. It is the counter flashing. It is the flashing itself. It is some of the seams in the, in the uh, membrane. Uh, but it's also in the stucco. It's also in the structure. And, you know, he's at, and the client's asking me, how do I correct this? Well, we're going to have to open things up. You're going to have to dry things out before you can get it absolutely corrected and repaired. So, you know, as, as we go through, that's, that's exactly what we're running into on a regular basis down here. Um, as you can tell, I take a lot of photos when, my, when I do my inspections. Uh, and the reason being is, I do not do reports on site. All of my reports, I bring them back here, work on them in the computer. Uh, I've got multiple computer screens. I can blow up these images here and really look at some details. You know, I can get in there and zoom, and zoom down and I can see how things are absolutely happening. Hmm. You know, with, I'm not gonna see that out in the field. You know, I'm hot, sweaty, sticky thinking, right? You know, writing uh, writing a report sitting in my truck trying to, and trying to write this report is not conducive to writing a good report. It just isn't. <laughs> so, you know, so I bring everything back here. I post, uh, go through everything and build my report from there. Uh, I can pull up research. I can do, I can pull up permits and look at so much different information up front. I, here, here's just this corner. Look how chopped up it is, you know? I mean, and, and we've got we've got silicone sealant that's around that, and that's not an approved product at that location. It just isn't. And yet the roofer says it's a completed job. So, you know, so much information. And again, here, all the cracks, all the waving in throughout that structure. You know, there it's a multitude of issues. Um, so we've got that. Uh, I know a lot of questions we get, or I get rather, are regarding new construction. And I do a lot of those as well. And most of our constructions all all masonry block with um, 
there's some builders that are doing masonry block on multi-stories, uh, but many are doing wood frame second story and then and then stucco or uh, hardy board uh, siding. So it, you know, right away, I'm questioning why what this lovely piece of paper it, or cardboard is shoved up in a piece of masonry. What is that? <laughs> it is it, it is a uh, the box that holds Simpson ties. <laughs> right and they just crumple it up and shoved it into the hole <laughs> What's you know, the purpose? um I, I, ironically uh this particular subdivision and on this street there are four family members that are all buying these houses and they're all next door to each other uh so uh talking about a close family uh, and, they're, and they're all moving down from north carolina go figure <laughs> <laughs> um and 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 the um, the brother's house, which is right next door, I noted the exact same thing. Hmm. They just take it and ball it up and throw it up in there. So you know, always always looking at uh, a lot of miscellaneous items as we go through. You know, uh, trying to and look and looking at the membrane, make sure that it's got proper coverage on it, all the tie back. Uh, looking at the seals around the windows, all the flashing around it. Uh, some of it's good, some of it not so much. Um, they're not quite done with this particular project uh, or ready for all their siding yet. So I was there for a pre-drywall for this inspection, but it's the first time I saw this house and everything going up. So I always go through and do a complete walk around hmm. just to make sure everything that I'm seeing. Here's a question that came up um, recently on Facebook. Had an inspector uh, here in Florida, uh, and and a friend, a friend of friend or whatever it was, was questioning what these holes are. Okay, and you know, I I nicely, not so nicely, pointed out. Well, you as an inspector we should know what those items are um and if you don't maybe you'd want to take a look at your training um and and so i like i said i was nice but not so nice about it uh it happens sometimes uh but those are inspection ports for the rebar hmm. uh, we build concrete steel cages down here um and so that is for the and the building inspector to actually look into that uh, make sure the rebar is in place and then they fill those cells from the foundation all the way up with concrete hmm. so that's their purpose uh and and it should be on every 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 masonry construction that we see um step crack right away this is this is a combination of issues it's curing not enough having not enough mortar in there filling that up a little bit of settling going on and I've got step cracks in the exact locate, same location on both sides of this house. Huh. So it tells me that there is some settling issues happening here um, and it needs to be corrected. And the only way to truly correct it is really to fill the void with some epoxy, not just mortar, uh, and to make sure that it's properly sealed uh, hmm. because this will allow moisture to come through and insects to come through into structure. 
Uh, and again, my notes, I got step cracking all the way through. So note it, write on the walls, take photos of it, put it in the report. And I just did this house the other day, so. And how far do you go with your recommendations? Like uh, when do you use the, the term uh, contractor and structural engineer? For new construction, and because everything down here requires a general, a, a division one contractor, that's a, a general contractor, building contractor, or um, residential contractor, which is what I hold, and a structural engineer to sign off on the plans and to work on the projects. Everything does. Um, so uh, I, in new construction, I don't do those deferrals because it's in progress. I point them out, I note them, correct the issue. Uh, the moment I start telling the contractor how to correct the issue is the moment I own the liability, right? So I never want to tell them how to do their job. I just want to point out that their job is wrong. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just going through and documenting uh, issues that may or may not exist, okay? Uh, and, and, and properly noting them. One of the biggest things that contractors have a problem with when a home inspector shows up on a job site is that the home inspector will call out frivolous items, right? Home, uh, home inspector will go out, break out the, the set of plans and start measuring walls and measuring spacing. That's not our job. Hmm. I'm here to make sure that those issues that are uh, evident that need to be corrected uh, are corrected. And these are the things that may or may not get picked up by the building inspector or by the construction manager. So like the step cracking the, is a prime example. Those may not get picked up by either. But at least, at least they're noted and identified and we can move on. Um, other thing, you know, with all the draft stop holes in the wiring, right? Uh, none of the draft stops are installed yet. So I've got to go through and, and identify those spaces. Uh, contractors should be able to pick those up, but again, they will miss them. There's times that I've seen all of these holes in and someone else has come back in and dropped in a, um, a new line somewhere. So, all the furring strips in here, uh, and and I'm I'm catching this more and more often. Um, hmm. Here you go. It's just here's, a, here's a hanger that doesn't have nearly enough nails in it, yeah. and then. We have these two floor joists that what's directly over my head is a bathtub. <laughs> and they've just toenailed those in place. Oh There's no hangers on those whatsoever. And smash the crap out of the bottom of the... Of course, of <laughs> course. You know, it's, it's the way these guys think, you know. Well, I got a hammer big enough to handle it. Well, that's... <laughs> not the way to be looking at it, but okay. 
uh, you know, let's get some hangers in there. Let's correct these. Like I said, and directly above me is about, yeah. you know, let's, let's fill that up with water at that location. And where's the bathtub going to sit? Right. Yep. It's going to be down at the, it's going to be down at the bottom. So, yeah. Is that a temporary post? Where you no, that's a permanent post. That's a glue lamp post right there. Hmm. Yeah, that's a six by six glue lamp. You know, it, it, one, one building has it, the other doesn't, you know? All the daylight coming through on the step crack. Here's the other thing I keep seeing lately is uh, the, um, the nail plates or the nailers uh, next to the doors and windows. They're only hit with one nail. Um, so when I'm doing my inspection, I go through and I move them. If they're if they're loose or if there's not an there's only one nail in it, I'll kick them off to the side and take a picture of it. <laughs> like I said, I all through identifying where we're missing missing items, you know. another thing these nail plates are great products they're there to protect the and the wire the plumbing uh it keeps the drywallers from throwing screws through those items uh but the one thing they don't really pay attention to is these are spikes on the other side of that nail plate and that wire is actually touching those spikes yeah so when the drywallers come through, they're actually going to throw it, and throw it up there, push the drywall in, and they're going to penetrate that wire. So, yeah, these are these are and these are the items that I'm looking for in a pre-drywall inspection, regularly. Look for the items that and that are really squirrely. Here you go. Great framing job, huh? Yeah, and that's, again, pointing these items here out. Yeah, it's mundane. It's like, well, that's not really your job, but yeah, actually in this particular case it is. So that's what we're doing. We're identifying these issues so that we can move on. And I typically do these, um, I typically run these about two, two to three days prior to um, the clients and the and the contractors walkthrough inspection. Uh, a lot of the builders will will offer that up, and so you know I want to get in there and look at it. Uh, this is the knee wall coming up the stairs. It's uh, it's got a good wiggle to it, so I suggest to stiffen it up. Here's, a, here's one that comes up on a, we're seeing more and more of these. If you can. Yep. And what you're seeing in that, in that photo is this is a Simpson screw. These, and this is the newer technology that we're using and that new construction is using to do roof to wall connections. Hmm. After drywall goes in place, these are not visible. Hmm. 
okay? Um, it's six inches, and they and they either go straight up or they go at an angle into uh, into the from the top plate into the trusses. Here they've gone in through the uh, through the top plate underside of it. Um, all the roof to wall connections and because of our wind mitigations, I do make sure I go through and identify those as well. And, and as an inspector for wind mitigation, we're not gonna see these after the fact. So having this information as part of the, in the uh, documentation uh, for the client, it helps them down the road. Again, nail plates. Uh, the criteria is that you must have a nail plate if the if the hole for that pass through for that wire or the plumbing is within an inch and a half. So, even if it's right at that inch and a half, I'm going to recommend a nail plate go in place. Sure, it, it's just a safety issue. And and, and obviously we got ponding water here in this location, um, second floor standing water. Uh, the rule is 48 hours, all standing water must be off site or, or, or off, uh, off the structure. There's that bathtub I was talking about that has that unsupported underneath. I don't think these non-structural walls here are, are going to actually support that tub when it fills up. Um, soft, two places that we had, uh, was able to identify on that second floor, the subfloor is not connected. It has spring to it that, you know, that's going to squeak down the road or if they decide they're going to put tile or anything else up here, it's going to crack. So make sure we identify. Um, I don't think there's enough nails. In that location, uh, to make it. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> That's on the outside. They uh, they were trying to nail to the stud, and and they missed it by three inches. <laughs> <laughs> over and over again, they missed it. Yeah, yes. So you know, again, I just I'll, I'll put a red marker on it, put a big question mark, and say, uh, "What are you guys doing here?" You know, well, let's think about what. Well, let's think about our our end product. That's another question that comes up. On these jacks, hmm. should those jacks be cut and trimmed? Hmm. The answer is no. <laughs> they actually come from the factory just like that, and they just get toe nailed in. They're the and they're part of the hip jack, they're part of that process. They just get toe nailed in. Um, I would like to see a bucket on those. Uh, but in this particular case, we're right up against the corner, so they're not structural. Uh, hmm. They're just kind of holding that roof line together at that point. And, and here you, again, you can see the screw, screw head coming in at an angle versus yep. directly underneath. That's standing water again. And I've got standing water on that windowsill. 
Instead of that water draining out, I've got standing water right there on that location. And this is part of what um, I've been hearing from some of the neighbors and everything in, the, uh, in this community. They're getting water intrusion into their completed homes. Hmm. I can see why. If they're not angled properly, if they're not set properly, water will intrude into structure. Doesn't necessarily have to have nails on the underside of it, but it is preferred in this particular case. My apologies, my dog is barking. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, we're looking after the new construction. And then, you know, obviously we start getting into um, some of the other elements, uh, uh, insurance, insurance inspections, uh, wind mitigations. We have an inspection uh, from Sean, I believe. That's how you pronounce it. What's the best way to enter a gable roof for an inspection? And what type of footwear is best for roof inspections? Okay, um, great question. So let's, uh, let me go back into where I was just at. Um, they're just basically tennis shoes. Uh, in this particular <laughs> case, these are, uh, uh, these are steel-toed shoes um, and uh, uh, they're Timberlands, uh, but any good, a good tennis shoe, something that's going to give you good grip uh, to, the, to the shingles or to the metal is ideal. You don't want to go up there with cowboy boots. <laughs> um, you know, you don't want to go up there with flip-flops, uh, but a good shoe that gives you a good grip. Uh, what was that other question? And, and how did, what, gables? Yeah, how do you, what's the best way to enter a gable roof for inspection? I don't enter gable, I don't go into the gables. Hmm. Um, in fact, I've got one I did here just, just did one last month. Let me uh, open that one up here real quick. You see, I'm very well organized with all my files, right? That's nice. Yeah, in relation to shoes, like if I was doing the, like a new construction, like you were definitely boots and and uh, some construction shoes, uh, yeah, with foot protection, um, you know, steel toe, because who knows what's going on? Something might drop, something loose, might step on something. But a regular exactly. home inspection, yeah, a sneaker, you know, you don't want any aggressive treads on a hot roof, especially. No, no, it, you're just gonna. It, just going to damage the roof and you know the something with a nice thick sole good tennis shoe with a thick sole i can't tell you the number of times that i've stepped on uh nails uh, uh tin caps uh from a roof tear off and it doesn't reach my foot but it definitely goes all the way through the shoe so you know having something along those lines is absolutely critical and our inspector has always brought uh interior only indoor only shoes yeah, uh, I, I've only I've had a couple of clients who asked me for booties. Um, I'm able to slide my shoes on and off, yeah. and my socks are clean, so I'll just take them off and go inside that way. Uh, this was a home inspection I did uh, recently, uh, just in the end of last month, 
Um, and so the question from Sean asking about uh, entering into the gable. Let's see. Uh, lots and lots of photos. I, I, I can't take enough photos on site. I just can't. Well, while you're looking for that, um, Nikki asks, one joist that was toenailed under the bathtub, you called out for hangers, but do you call out for over nailing for strength, reason, uh, strength reasons if a hanger isn't required in other areas? Over nailing. Over, yeah. You know, if, if at some point you're damaging the structure, the, the structural yeah. component of the wood. And so it just ha doesn't have the strength in there. So, yeah, I, I have called it out periodically. Um, you know, I don't know what the correction is after they've gone through and tore it up, like on those two ends, uh, you can't replace those four joists, right? It, it, taking those out is, is a structural mic. So, and trying to put new ones in is ludicrous, right? So, uh, yeah, at some point, at, at some point, you got you got to call it out and say, "Hey, you guys got too many nails in here," or you note it and note it as such uh, possible overnailing. Uh, at that point, I'm going to defer out to the structural engineer. Hmm. I want someone else to to own that component. So going back to Sean's uh, accessing gable ends, this particular house had no attic access internally. It only had gable ends, but in this particular case, it was designed with hinges so it could be accessed. So um, I was able to open it up and take a peek in. Here's why I don't always access gable ends. Lovely electrical wires sitting right there. Right there, nice and frayed not in a junction box, it's been connected, reconnected. Um, there's a better photo of it. Awesome, right? Yeah, why did they do that? It's not like they uh, had a junction box or anything there or an extra connection or anything. Don't know. Like it, 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 rats could have chewed it. Yeah, and they just repaired it with some electrical tape. Yeah. Um, all the insulation completely matted down. So this attic, I did not access. I, I took all these photos right from that gable end. Yep. Right? Uh, water damage. Yep. Hey. That's yeah. a termite hole. <laughs> that's a rat hole in the air conditioning duct in this particular house uh had central air conditioning uh but it had window shakers in every bedroom or in every room so all, all the window units were were in there as well hmm. here we go hmm. more live wires and not even wrapped up not even protected again I'm not entering this attic, this attic because it is a safety issue. Yep. Gable end, 
gang, listen, I'm not a small guy, as you can tell. I'm 300 plus. <laughs> All right. Um, and to go in, to try to squeeze in through a gable end and try to do it safely, it's not so much getting in. I can get in safely. It's the getting out is <laughs> going to be the huge issue. Because now I can't just crawl in and crawl out like I did on this one. Uh, because I've got a flat roof to work from. Um, most times you're going in through the gable through with a ladder. Well, the only way out of that is to back out and now you're going out blind. So no, not going to happen. Do you call that out as a, a hazard or an issue or what? This is a huge hazard. Yeah, yeah, no, this is an absolutely huge hazard. Uh, as a matter of fact, the... Um, I did not even go inside on this house to do the inspection. Uh, the realtor showed up shortly after I started, uh, after I finished all the outside. And um, I, I told her flat out, I said, have the client seen this house? And she goes, no, they have not seen it live yet. Hmm. That's the other scary part. People are buying homes without seeing them. Hmm. Not only are they buying them without seeing them, they're, now they're being advised not to get a home inspection. Please. Yeah. No, get the home inspection, and, and at least this way you can see it through the through the process, right? Um, you know, and obviously they've had rats because they got traps all throughout the year. So they and just common common issues that I see on a regular basis, and there is another attic access on the other side. But it's in a small part of the a small part of the yard, and so setting up my ladder there at that location is not feasible. Yep. Not safe anyway. So answering and going in through those gables, uh, if I can poke my head in, I'll poke my head in. But I'm not entering the roof structure. I'm not entering that attic space. And Gerald says, booties for the win. Something as simple as putting them on so shows great appreciation and consideration for the client. And he gets a lot of comments and gratitude from his clients. Totally agree. I totally agree. Um, you know, we, we walk around in a lot of gunk. Um, I, I always make sure that my, my feet are clean before I'm walking in structure. Um, you know, and, and if they've got white carpeting or white tile, Oh. The shoes are coming off before I even open the door. <laughs> uh, that's all there is to it. Yeah, I've got no problem inspecting inside the house my socks. You know, <laughs> I, I prefer to be barefoot anyway, but, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just stuff that, that we deal with on a regular basis. So, What else you want to show us? Yeah, I was going to get into uh, wind mitigation. Mm-hmm. This one here is a combination wind mid and four point. So it's nice. You're uh, teaching right from the House of Horrors, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> so if, if, uh, if some folks don't know, um, there's a House of Horrors down in Florida, in Western Florida, yeah. inside Pro Labs headquarters. I, I think I'm the uh, I think I'm one of only a handful of in, uh, uh, instructors who have taught at uh, House of Horrors and House of Horrors Two. 
Yeah. And and Larry's already invited me up for House of Horrors. House of Horrors three in so, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um. Here's yeah. This is a good one here. Um. Wind mitigations. Yeah, we don't want roofs in Florida blowing off the structure. No, no. Why would we want that? <laughs> it's unique, really, to Florida. I mean, there, there are other wind mitts down in the southeast, but really Texas, in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Texas. Yep. But that's the concern because mm -hmm. you're all next to high wind areas, categorizes high wind areas, and things just tend to blow off structures down there. So yeah. we try to tighten things up, even in existing buildings. So if something yep. needs to be retrofitted, you guys do that. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so uh, I, I often follow behind other inspectors uh, on, uh, on inspections. Uh, this is all the previous inspectors notes on the trusses, hmm. uh, identifying uh, nail spacing and nail location. Uh, he, he's got a note here and he's got a note here, but he completely missed this one right here in the center. It's right you know, there. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what he used to identify those locations, but he missed one. Uh, so, you know, safety issues here. Um, the, uh, the deck board is completely uh, broken out. You know, you step on that, you're going to go through it. Yep. So what, what tool are you using to identify those fasteners? Uh, well, I used uh, a Zircon HD 900. Uh, the, uh, the state says they want you to use the Zircon MT6, uh, but it has a much larger head on it than I use. Um, and so you, you have a tendency to be a little bit closer to the roof deck than, so you may be identifying things other than the, the truss nails or the deck nails. Huh. So, um, get into the photos where I uh, I noted able to look up in between the deck boards I can see I'm dealing with felt underlayment right mm -hmm. uh, if it's uh, reflective I'm going to get um, I'm going to get peel and stick or it may be the newer products of using synthetic felt so I, I've got to be very careful in what I'm identifying. So here are my red marks on, on the trusses and I've identified where those nails are. Yes, I did find a nail here at this location, but that's also a split where that nail's at, where that uh, board's at. Uh, and these are one by twelves. Um, so able to identify it and the spacing on those nails. And I mark it. I've got two nails per one by twelve dimension. Hmm. Find my shiners and measure my my length. So the previous inspector said this home had a toenail connection. Well, what I'm looking at here is I'm at the garage wall, six feet out is the leading edge of the roof line. So the previous inspector had noted the toenails out at that location, but here the, here the steel is actually embedded in. 
and I have my two nails and another nail on the other side. It's actually nailed further down. <clears throat> Here's a question for for everybody: When were they installed? And when do we here in Florida start installing metal in construction? Right. Oh. I mean, we've been doing it here since the late fifties. And that's not a small piece of nail or, or uh, metal. Okay. Uh, just just uh, real quick. This house was built in 1968. So here it is. I've got an embedded piece of steel with nails in it. Hmm. So we've been doing it for a while. And the rest of the country, there's parts of the the U.S. that are still not using any Simpson metal connectors for roof to wall, for uh, first floor, second floor connectors. Um, Look at at some of the homes that are being built in Texas right now. Hmm. You know, a number and numbers of framed structures that they don't even have sheathing on the sides of it to give them nice and stiff. And all they are is multi uh, two story stick built structures and they're collapsing. That shouldn't be. I I, I get my framing up. I I need to put some plywood. I gotta I gotta put some uh, some decking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some sheathing on that wall to help stiffen it up. So yeah, you know, let's let's build right. You know, I, people complain about Florida, but you know, we've been doing this for a long time. Mark Andre, Mark Andre says uh, wind is becoming a thing also in Canada. So we have a Canadian attending. So here's the opposite side of that same truss and everything where I've got two nails on it. So this is a roof to walk and this is a properly attached roof to wall connection. It's not a toe nailed structure. So, you know, and it's just a matter of paying attention and looking at how things are built. Um, I know I have a photo. Here's my camera pole that I use to identify uh, my roof to wall connections. Um, now, what's that? You got a camera on the, on the end of that? Yeah. So you're, you're, you have a camera in your hand right in the picture and you got a camera. Right. So this is the tool that I use for my roof to wall connections. Huh. All right, it is a four inch paint, paint roller that I've got identified at half inch markings. All right, I've got a GoPro camera, okay? Uh, and actually this is a knockoff GoPro, it's the Saco, um, but it works the same way, it sends a, uh, it has a Wi-Fi on it that my phone, uh, it feeds it directly to my phone so I can see what it sees. And then I've got a light that, and that shines on it. And because this doesn't have a flash, this gives me my light. I can see everything that's going on down there. You see how bright the light is in, in the photo. Yep. Uh, and, and I'm looking at those roof to wall connections. Yep. What's right? the what's the four inch uh, thing with the blue tape? Okay, so this allows me to get 
insulation out of the way. Hmm. Allows me to get those stupid baffles out of the way that, that are always blocking things that we can't <laughs> quite see. Uh, it's it's extending out far enough to where it's protecting the camera. Yeah. Okay. And these markings, I use those because I can turn the camera up in this angle, turn my light up at this angle. I can put this end down by the strap and see how far away from the truss it is. And because measuring. these are at half inch increments, I've got a maximum spacing from a truss of a half inch without being blocked up to an inch and a half being blocked. And mm. what blocking is, is basically a spacer between the truss and the roof to wall connector. Yeah. So, and I put this on the end of an extendable 12 foot pole. It's a Central, it's a DACA pole um, and it just screws into the head of it. And I'm out there, uh, I've used this for uh, roof, uh, I use it for all my roof wall connections. I've used it for roof inspections. I've got a 33 foot DACA pole that I've used it for. And I've since upgraded to a drone. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've got the tools that I need to properly identify my structures. I, like I have that. used that in that 33 foot pole in an attic hmm. because there was no way I couldn't get all the way out to the roof walls. Yeah. So I like that. Good. I ain't small. <laughs> so I got to get the tools and everything that uh, I need to, to properly inspect things. So, and that's what I do. Um, and here, and here's the quality of those photos. I'm down here at the, at the end. Uh, this is the leading edge of that overhang, uh, but I'm right down there on it. I, mm -hmm. You can't get much better photographs than that, than always using a ticker to identify open wires. This house had a lot of open wires on it. Um, so yeah, so up in my attic, I, I'm taking a bunch of photos in, in, in the attic alone. Uh, in this particular case, from the time I entered the attic, and I never used the ladder access, okay? Uh, the pull-down ladders, number one, they're not weighted for me. Uh, and uh, they're, too, they're never installed correctly. Uh, we've got individuals who uh, who will use drywall screws to attach them, uh, who will not put the nails in the hole that they're supposed to put them in. Uh, they never cut the foot correctly. And, and the steps are wobbly as can be. So yeah, I've had too many explode underneath me. So I always use my ladder and I always photograph my ladder before I climb it. Yep. Uh, it, it's safety reasons, straight yeah. up. Yeah, we just had uh, somebody posted something about a uh, inspector went up, new house, and the attic, um, that framing wasn't nailed and fastened. Mm -hmm. I think there were two nails or something, and it just came right down. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I had one. I refused to enter the attic because of that very issue. Yep. I, I told my client, it, and it's new construction, I told my client, I, I'm not entering your attic for this very reason. Yep. 
Um, Got to use your own ladders. It, exactly. You, uh, matter of fact, in my classes, I show where I rode a 12-foot ladder that was rated for 375. I rode it all the way down. Wow. And so and that's I use that in my classes all the time. Hmm. So it, it's it's critical. Use your own ladders. Use your own ladders. Um, Hussein in Canada says, here in Canada, we still find addicts with vermiculite. How do you recommend if you find such a case? So vermiculite, you know, we still, we're still building structures that have asbestos components in them. We're hmm. doing that today here in the United States in Canada. It is a natural mineral. Vermiculite uh, insulation, it's only hazardous when we get up there and start playing around in it, okay? Start rolling around in it and then it's a problem. I'm gonna note it that the client and that this home has vermiculite, which is a known asbestos containing product. It is not hazardous as long as you do not disturb it. If it's if the clients are going to be concerned by it, then have a professional come in to properly remediate it. Yep. And they must be a licensed asbestos remediator. Doesn't matter if you're in Canada or the US, they must hold that asbestos remediation license. Yeah, I just posted in the chat for everyone uh, an, a link to an article, natchi.org slash vermiculite. There's a, there's a, I don't know, 10 things, safety precautions you could do. In the United States, EPA usually says for like asbestos or lead paint, kind of leave it in place unless it's, you know, causing problems, unless the lead paint is already friable or something. It's, it's best to leave it in place and cover it up. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and we're talking, we're talking about and for this wind mitigation from the time I entered the attic until the time I got out, uh, 37 photos. <laughs> You're snap happy. <laughs> I take, I, I said, I take a lot of photos. I, I, you know, people say, uh, you're, you're up in the attic an awful long time. Yeah. It's my happy place. <laughs> so Mark Andre says, uh, in Quebec, vermiculite is not considered a hidden defect. No. Uh, well, I, asbestos is a, is a problem. It is a health issue. So I'm not sure. Uh, Peter says, why photograph the ladder before going up? Oh, I think we already answered that because if it's someone else's ladder, I never use someone else's tools. I uh, never grabbed uh, another uh, guy's hammer. Um, that was the joke. And then uh, it's it's just a safety hazard. You, you can break your leg, uh, at least sprain it, your ankle from one rung up. So if you're going up someone else's ladder um, and it breaks on you, well, you should have used your own step ladder. And those attic access things, sometimes they're installed by the homeowner in a hallway somewhere or in a garage ceiling, and it's not done very well. Um, and it's not fastened properly. And um, that's, that's an eight foot drop if it, if it goes. So sometimes you take a picture of things that open up on you before you enter, kind of like an electrical panel. You open up the front dead cover and I take a picture of the breakers inside just to make sure I've documented the condition of the system or component before I touch it. Oh, looks like you got a slideshow on ladder Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so th <laughs> this is that lovely 12-foot ladder I'm talking about. 
Yeah. Okay. You know, I was real excited. I it's 375 pound rated louder. You know, I I'm happy. <laughs> and um, so here it is, and it's it, it's all ready to go. You know. Oh. I rode that entire structure all the way down, and this box right here, okay, was not connected to anything. The only thing holding it in place was paint and door trim. And I rode the whole thing down. Oh, look at that. Well, there you go. There you go. From that day on, I did not use anyone else's ladder. Yep. And we've got a safety course. Internet has a free online safety course, and it's actually available to non-members. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to pay us to take the safety course. It's online because we want our inspectors to come back home. That's the number one thing. Number one. Come back home safe. Yep. Everybody, everybody needs to come home safe. That, that's just all there is to it. Um, let's see. deal with a lot of old homes uh this and talking about asbestos this is the house that actually had asbestos siding on so we do and we do come across it um uh, i come across asbestos siding asbestos uh, floor tile and my recommendation is leave it alone yep let it be unless it's breaking apart and then you want to come in and have someone encapsulate and that, and that is simply using uh, a, a heavy duty uh, uh, polymer or elastomeric type of paint to really, really bind that stuff together. Um, so this was the wind mitigation that I had done for this. This was a home that was up for sale. It was a brand new roof that was installed on it. I do a lot of um, wind mitigations after new roofs. We've got a number of different roofing contractors who utilize me exclusively uh, to come out and perform the wind mitigation for their new roofs. Hmm. They pay me and they pay me once a month for for all of this. So they send me those leads. Um, and let's see, I'm trying to get into files. It looks like you're organized with your files. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I try to be so. Um, and why is that? You, it, seems, it seems you keep records of everything you do forever and ever. I get a lot of questions like, how long should I keep an inspection report? And I say, uh, well, if it's digital, why not just keep it forever? But, you know. Well, it's, it's and, a, and that's just it. So here I've got, um, I've got nine years worth of folders. Okay. Um, and I get questions. I get a lot of return clients who call in and say, I need the wind mitigation or I need, I, I need a new wind mitigation. Hmm. Well, I've got so much information from the last time I was there that uh, I don't have to go in and recollect all the same pieces of information. Right. So I've got the photos there. Um, I, if it's digital, I keep it as long as I need to keep it. Have you ever done a, an inspection, a home inspection on the same property over and over, like maybe twice for different clients? Rarely. Yeah. I, I think I've happen. done it. I, I think I've done that once or twice. Yeah. Um, I, 
I've done a lot of wind mitigations where a new client has called me and said, I need a wind mitigation. And the address sounds familiar to me. Right. I pull up and I'm, yeah, I've been at this house before. I climb up in the attic and there's my notes on the, on the process. <laughs> so yeah, you know, um, I, I get those as well. I, I, I've got a good memory on, on a lot of things, or, you know, but I get this all the time. I get insurance uh, companies call. Uh, I have every wind mitigation and four point that I've ever sent out mm -hmm. via email um, from, I lost three years worth of records. I had a hard, I had a hard drive crash mm -hmm. and I lost from 2011 to 2013, 14. Uh, of uh, original photos, original documentation. But on those returning clients, because I've saved the emails, right? I can actually pull that information back. I can do a search on my, on my email system and I can pull those files up yep. real quick. Yep. So yeah, organization is key, um, you know, I've got th this year's inspections already laid out, you know, um, and, and coming in, and I've got I've got an inspection already scheduled for the 26th, so it, it's already sitting here. Uh, folders already created for it, ready to populate and fill in, right? You know, and so uh, going through, I organize for a reason. I take photos in a sequence for a reason. Uh, I take a lot of photos for a reason. And that's all so I can come back and rewalk that inspection at any time. You don't give all of the photos to your clients though. Oh God, no. Yeah. No, my reports, the, my average reports are um, 40 pages for a home inspection. And that's including all the, uh, all the supporting information. Yeah. Um, Heck, I'll, let me pull up. Uh, let me pull up one of the my latest home inspections. That makes like some. Nikki says Google Images is a great way to keep all your photos from each property filed and backed up. It's all in the cloud. And Nikki says I typically take two hundred photos, and not many of those make it in the report. Right. So when I was doing inspections, yeah, three hundred. 400 pictures, probably max 400. And um, yeah. now everything is in the cloud. So you can do a hard drive, but yeah, you can do like Google Docs or something like that and upload right. it. So, and so in this particular case, I in, in this folder, uh, this is uh, new, new construction and instruction. Um, I've got 384 items. That's permit research, uh, all the photos, um, drone. I've got my oh. drone photos and drone videos in here. Uh, doing I, a drone? Yeah. Ah, fancy. I try to. And but, and so, what are the benefits of doing a drone? Having a drone. So so the for me the benefits of doing the drone. Here here's a prime example. Okay. This is an older tile roof. It's large. Uh, it's Spanish S style tile. Um, there are cracks and there are broken tile on this, but 
it's also it's also a good six, seven, twelve float. Hmm. Let's go back to what I've been saying all along. I ain't tiny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, yes, I know where to walk on these tiles, and I could walk on these tiles, but there's a, there's a couple of issues that are going on right now. I've got a blown knee. I've, I'm waiting for a new knee. Mm. Perfectly honest with you. That's one of the, aside from the heart attack I had last year. I losing weight to to uh, so I can get a new knee by the end of the year. So yeah, there's there's things going on. So I have to be safe before I even enter that structure. Uh, and in this particular case, the drone is helping me with that. Um, and it allows me to get in. I take high-res uh, videos of everything um, and, and photographs for it. As it tries to buffer and everything because we're doing yeah. everything through the net. Um, but it allows me to see things that are blind spots that I can't see from the ground. I can't see from a camera pole. If I put a ladder up, I may not have seen it either. Right. I can't walk every roof. So, I mean, we can, I, I'm actually looking at, I got a broken tile right here. You know, it, or I, I can yes. see it as, as I'm coming in. <laughs> and it's in a it's in a blind spot of that roof structure that you can't see. Yep. So I I, I want to be able to, uh, to use use the tools that I have available to me uh, in the event that I cannot walk the roof. Did you did I see a, a shot of you taking measurements from a drone shot? Um, no. No. Oh, okay. I know there. I do know there is software out there that can do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not there yet with it. So, but here's that broken tile. Yep. Pause this. So, not only do I have a broken tile in a blind spot of the roof, but it gives me a chance to actually look up this valley and see where I may have other potential issues. So the drone is not my go-to tool. The drone and the drone is the tool that I use when I can't do anything else. Yep. So there's a couple folks who are mentioning the DACA poll. And so I looked it up. There's a link to docapole.com. <laughs> it's also on Amazon. It so is. it doesn't doesn't uh, uh, I don't think it's a an acronym for anything or, or something but no, it is that, that's the product yeah. no here's the here's a concern that you need to be very very careful with it is an aluminum pole yep it is yep. conductive yep i say that because two years ago we lost yep. a home inspector here in florida because he was raising extending his pole he was outside and it came in contact with the uh, the service line, and it it killed him instantly. And this he he'd only been inspecting uh, not quite a year yet, uh, hmm. but he was he was good. He was doing it. He, he was getting getting out there and and uh, 
really, really doing well for his clients. Unfortunately, he he failed to take that big safety issue and look up. You always have to be familiar with your surroundings. Yep. Okay. I can't stress that enough. Um, you know, before I extend my, my pole on the outside, before I take a flight with my drone, I've already walked around that property and looked up. I know what my barriers are. Yep. That's one of the things that uh, I do. You were talking earlier about having a process. You take the same uh, process through your pictures, mm -hmm. taking the same way. And so that's a really good safety tip. Always inspect a property, if you can, in the same way, in the same path. Maybe Correct. do the exterior and then the roof and the clockwise or something. There's got to be a pattern. Yeah. Always, yeah. Yeah. You don't miss um, Yeah. So as we go back and look at, at my photos, my 384 documents, right? <laughs> I, I always take the same sequence of photos. So for my wind mitigations, it's the front, the address. My mm -hmm. home inspections is the front, driveway, walkways, foundation. You know? So there's a sequence of events. It is all about being consistent. And and if you're not if you're not inspecting in a consistent manner, you're going to miss something. I, I I know inspectors who will inspect all the systems individually. They'll go and inspect all the electrical, then come back around and do all the plumbing. If that's your system and you're consistent with that, go for it. That's not the way I do it, but you know, I'm not you. So that's not my system. Yep. I'm gonna doc every, and document everything I can as I come to it, but I still follow the same system. Yep. Um, uh, Glenn, uh, Aaron asks, what software do you use for your inspection reports? I'm glad you asked. Uh, he says, um, I use HomeGage and I saw there's something good going on between them and InterNACHI. Yeah, I saw that too. I'm, I'm waiting for that nice announcement to happen. Yeah, yeah, we'll register for that announcement. <laughs> I think I was one of the first ones to register for that. Yeah, um, you missed I've it got, in the newsletter. Yeah, I, 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 I do my own, uh, I've got my own system, okay? Yeah. Um, I've recently uh, I've recently converted from a Word document, uh, Word template that I've been using from the beginning, and have moved everything into an Excel file. Hmm. Um, I've got uh, I've got a mentality that I want to present my material to. I want my clients to see things in a certain way. Um, my, uh, all of my reports, and this is just the back door. This is just the information going in, but all my reports then look the same. Hmm. Okay. So I've got it all laid out. Everything gets populated into it. And my final, this is my final inspection report. 36 pages. From my uh, from my aerial view that I bring from Google. Yep. 
to my main structural shells. Looks nice. Uh, to my exterior openings. My roof geometry. Yep. Even my wind mitigation information. You know, I, I always look at my homes because I am in Florida. Uh, my, my inspection report is a wind mitigation and four point on steroids uh, because I'm also identifying structure. I'm identifying those items that don't typically fall under those insurance inspections. So this is where I come at it from those. Um, every inspection, I pull permits on. I do a complete permit list on everything on it. And, and as we can tell, there it is. There's the permit number for the building. And here's the two air conditioning permits. They're always there. And then they're, in this particular case, I've actually got to do, um, I've got to pull that information from a separate source uh, because they don't have the physical permits. They're historical permits at that point. But it goes into every report. And I always have a structural layout for root geometry. Huh. Every report, it doesn't matter what I do, that's that's really? the way I run it. Wow. Again, my 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 field inspection and my reports follow a consistent pattern. They all they they all look like you know, like they're supposed to. Um, so we you know, we um, this case here. Here's my wind mitigation. Same general information, and then we get into the reports. and And I've gone through and I've developed all this stuff and everything in Excel. Uh, it's it works great for me. It doesn't work great for others. I've got a, a buddy of mine who helps me out uh, on some inspections. Uh, and uh, he, he has a little cumbersome with it. So we're working together to try to make it more user-friendly for us. <laughs> it looks know? good. How much do you sell for? Right now, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm working on it. <laughs> we can work something out, Ben. I, you know. <laughs> I'm still working out some kinks and some bugs, you know, it's not a hundred percent perfect yet. So, but it's, you know, it, it goes through, it lays all my information out. And then I, once again, I go into my report and the consistency across documentation, consistency in the field uh, helps the, it helps the client better understand what they're looking at hmm. their home has information so it's a breathing element so you've got to be able to transfer that information to uh, and everything has a photograph everything has a caption uh what are we looking at why are we looking at well it's part of the under here and it's part of the underlayment it's part of question six of the wind mitigation system and it is mechanically fastened under done got a, a question uh, maybe a little off the topic, um, but it's a good one. Marka Andre asks, when you inspect condominium units, do you only inspect the private spaces or do you inspect the shared spaces as well? Good question. Uh, let's, here we go. Here's a condominium inspection. Wow. 
That was fast. Yeah, right. Um, so we're I I'm, I'm right up in here. I'm I'm looking at the common elements because those common elements are part of the structure. They're hmm. that client, yes, they own the unit, but they're also responsible for those common elements. This is the part that a lot of and a lot of inspectors don't realize. You know, they're paying association dues. They're paying maintenance dues for uh, for these structures. And if something comes about that they're not collecting for on a regular basis, yeah. Well, guess what they have to do? They got to get a special assessment. So in this particular case, I'm, I'm up there, I'm gonna inspect the common elements. Here's the front entry. I'm gonna take a, a photograph on both, in both directions of, uh, of that structure, okay? Uh, I wanna see everything around it, looking out over, uh, over a roof. Um, here's the other direction, right? So as we go through, I'm not just looking at the inside of the structure. Um, I'm looking at everything. Yep. Now I'll note it. Uh, well, let's see here. I'll get up onto this particular roof. I I, I remember when I did a a three story building, and I was inspecting the first floor unit, and they the real estate agent asked me why am I getting up on the roof. Right, it's it's two story, three stories up. It's forty feet up, and and I said, well, there are systems that uh, are connected to the first floor, and one of them is the thing I'm going to be looking at was the chimney, you know, the chimney right. all the way up. Um, not many chimneys in Florida, but in, on you know northeast, yep. So there's in any building there are systems and they're interdependent upon each other. They they connect with each other. And when one system is failing, it probably is gonna affect other systems. So, you know, it could be 50 feet away, but I bet it's gonna affect the homeowner in one way or another. And you were talking about the financial uh, ramifications of like delayed maintenance of shared spaces. Sure. You know, it could be yeah. water intrusion. Water moves like crazy. Well, Those, you know, we, we were talking about, we were talking about the condo down and down in Miami here. Yeah. Um, you know, the. That association was in the middle of doing repairs, and there were some special assessments that they all had to pay into to have those repairs happen. I I, I heard one one tenant or one property owner say, "We had forty million dollars put aside hmm. to do repairs." Yeah, and wow. that money comes from all the people living there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So here we are. Um, Here's, I'm up here on the roof line <clears throat> for this structure. And yes, I'm going to, I'm going to walk this structure because one of the things that I'm seeing over here, I've got exhaust hoods. I've got roof drains. This roof drain goes down in between all the units. Right. What's going to happen if, this thing fails and the homeowners in line with that drain get flooded out. Yep. 
if I don't inspect this item, if I don't get up here and look at this roof to find out what's happening on here, I am doing my client a disservice. So, you know, I will get up here on this roof, not to mention the fact that we have all the air conditioning and all the condensers sitting up here as well. So that's the other big thing that we, that's another like reason got, why I get up on that roof. Looks like you've got a broken conduit there. If you zoom in again to that roof drain, to the left. To the left. Yeah, to the roof drain there. Yeah. Now to the right, there's the vent pipe. See that? What's that hanging? Yeah. No. The, oh, this right here? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. that's, that's a, a broken junction box for this van. Yeah. Yeah, happens all the time. Hmm. So as we go through, um, again, I'm taking, I take a bunch of photos up here on this roof system. Uh, number one, trying to identify where, where my unit, where its condenser is actually sitting. Um, and I'm standing right out over the Gulf of Mexico. Great. <laughs> I love getting up there on uh, on these and and and, take, and taking a good photo. So here's here's my um, my units air conditioner. Mark Andre just said maintenance inspections are going to be very in very high demand. I agree. I mean, totally as, agree. as a as an industry. Every international member should be saying that every home and building should be inspected as part of a routine maintenance plan. We got to inspect these homes and buildings. Right. So trying to get and trying to get a good photo of the uh, of the unit of the system. Um, let's see, but yeah, coming through and looking at the structure itself. Yep. You know, so I'm not looking at just the unit. Um, I'm walking around the perimeter, seeing, seeing if there's any other cracks, looking at the structure itself, what's happening with it, um, and, and also identifying where my unit is in relationship to the structure. Yep. In this particular case, that's my unit right here. Hmm. So I, I try to identify it for, uh, for my client um, where they're at. In this case here, they are, they are facing the Gulf. So, you know, we need to be able to take a look at all this stuff and, and, and what can impact my specific client's issues. Yep. In this case here, they had all impact glass on the Gulf side, but none of the glass and doors on uh, the front side oh. were impact rated. Oh. So, bit of a difference. But yes, they should. we should be inspecting these. And, and I don't care if you're inspecting a single unit or you're doing the entire structure. Walk the entire perimeter. Look for those anomalies that may impact your client. Because again, they're gonna get a special assessment down the road that they're not prepared for. They just dropped, in this particular case, they've just dropped a couple of hundred grand in deposit hmm. on this structure. All right, that's, I think this unit went for one, 1. 1.5 million. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
1.5 million, but the view of this house, the view that it has is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> Just gorgeous. So I, it's worth it. Uh, but yeah, you know, so we're looking at these. Um, they spent a lot of money. They may or may not be able to come up with that assessment dollar. So. Brian uh, asks, after doing an inspection on our commercial property, is it a good idea to get an annual maintenance inspection contract? <sighs> to try you know, to sell, you know, maintenance inspections after you do an inspection, try to, try to get in contract for coming back. It doesn't hurt. I, 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 I'm all for it. If, if, it, if it's means and methods written that you think that you'd be able to step into and, and you've got the experience and knowledge for it, then by all means do it. Um, know that an annual inspection may not be necessary. Okay. Uh, for many of these units, they're, in, they're supposed to have their own uh, annual internal uh, with the association. Some do. Um, I, I'm, I'm affiliated with one uh, uh, condominium uh, villa association. Uh, one, uh, one of my fellow inspectors and everything, he does their annual inspections and, and writes them up, whereas I'm the inspector who does the uh, architectural review for, and for that association. So it's a great contract. Um, yep. And it, it's, it, it helps that for those continuing residuals that we need to deal with. So, yeah. In the chat, I just sent a link uh, to an article written by ccpia.org about... Um, preventive maintenance on commercial buildings if, if folks are interested in commercial inspections. I think it's a great idea. To me, it's a great idea. You need the training. It's a different animal, right? Uh, you, you, apparently you inspect both residential and commercial. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're similar, but very different, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Um... Do you use a team for commercial buildings sometimes or is it just you? It's me. Yes, and most times it's just me. Yeah. Um, let's see, we'll get into talking about commercial structures. Let's see. So Chad asked a question, and I'm not sure if I got, got it right, Chad, but Chad asks, in Florida, does a residential inspector license cover inspecting properties with more than four units in a building? So like your client may be buying one unit in a building, but you're not inspecting the entire building. Um, correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. So my, uh, there is not a separate license for commercial inspections here in Florida. Yeah. It does not exist. Um, so anybody can do a commercial inspection. The thing that you need to be very, very careful with is do you know what you're looking at for that commercial building? Um, and, and that's where I'm getting into uh, trying to, I've got a recent commercial inspection that I had done. Where it is. Oh. I think Mark Andre is going to argue with you in a good way uh, as, a, as a colleague. He's saying um, furnace inspections uh, are on a yearly basis. So <laughs> why, not, why not do home inspections, higher building inspections on a yearly basis? He's got a point. I, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I, 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 I clearly I don't. I, I, I think we should. 
the, the problem being is that um, many clients aren't going to invest the dollar. Right, right. We're not there yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> so trying and trying to get into my uh, my commercial. Well, you do that. I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking. Yeah, but keep talking. You and I are almost the same age. And we come from a generation that can actually fix stuff in a home. There's a, there's a generation, there's several generations coming up. They can't do a darn thing. Oh my God, no. That's another reason why though, the, uh, you know, our home inspection industry is so important for folks because they'll buy a home and they don't know what to do and they don't know what a problem looks like or, you know, they have no idea. It's hard for us to understand but folks don't understand what a stucco crack with water coming out of the crack means, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. So it's really important to get the, these homes inspected. I'm just a big proponent of that, obviously. Oh yeah, without a doubt, inspect, inspect, inspect. I mean, here's an inspection I did uh, back, and back in April. Um, and, and it's a commercial property. So I'm, <laughs> looking at all the fun stuff with this property, right? And, and this one here, I had, I had an assistant on this one. Uh, and, and, but even still, we went through 370 items in this folder alone. And we saw things from, um, here, here, here's steel. And this is, uh, I've got the wall open up here and I've got debris actually filling, coming into structure. I got water intrusion all into structure because of these holes. Now, granted, it's a commercial building. It's just got a metal skin on it. But what if I want to finish this out? What if I want to go ahead and close this in and make this more of uh, a high-end storage area? Well, I'm going to have to correct all of those issues. But not only is that water coming in, I've got debris coming in, but I've got heavy corrosion now down at the base. Hmm. My client's coming in. This is going to be an investment property for them. And they're coming in from New York. Hmm. So again, you know, they're, they're looking at property that, um, that they may or may not have seen yet. Yep. Um, get into multiple units that have electrical power and they're not identified what unit belongs to where. We actually had to go through and start um, flipping switches uh, on the mains that were below these to find out what units they belong to. So getting into these, you know, we're looking at a lot of different items all the way through. All the lovely overgrowth into structure. And if we look at, uh, I, I pull a lot of aerial photos. Um, what's right next to this? Uh, what's right next to the structure? Junkyard. 
Hmm. All right, this this was a, a boat area, you know. We actually went through and found that there was a trailer, uh, a mobile trailer, um, camping trailer uh, on site, and it was active. Someone was living in it. It's amazing you can walk by and hear the TV blasting. And then when you bring the question up to the realtor, realtor says, oh, it's just, it, they're just using it for a bathroom or whatever. No, they're not. Someone's living in that, you know? And, and, and so I, because right after we brought it to their attention, suddenly I wasn't hearing the TV anymore. <laughs> but yeah. Um, So I, I just posted some resources. Uh, somebody asked, um, Ridge Howard asked uh, for some commercial inspection uh, resources through InterNACHI. So on the chat feature. Yeah, the CC, uh, uh, CCPIA, uh, yeah. great, uh, great resource. Um, you know, and, and I use those standards. When I go out and do my commercial buildings, I'll pull those standards in and, and reference those standards for my inspections because they don't exist so, and, and here, here's a, here is a live line coming from that camper. This is the waste line. So they're not dumping it into the sewer system. They're dumping it out on ground. Hmm. So doing commercial inspections, it's, it's important to know what you're looking at and what you should be looking at in the event that you see an anomaly such as this, is that a health concern? Of course it is. Live electrical. The other thing with commercial buildings, you may run into a three-phase electrical panel. As a home inspector or a non-electrician or someone who's not familiar with it, don't open a three-phase panel. Mm -mm you will light yourself up and everybody around you. Uh, it, it's, it, so any of the three-phase panels, do not, uh, do not open those direct, those panels up. Always refer those out to a licensed electrician. Yeah, it's not like a, a house dead front cover. I mean, there's mm -hmm. high voltage. I mean, you won't really get an explosion from a, a residential electrical panel, but you will from a commercial. Yes, yeah. You know, they're and because they're running, they're running in this case here. This may be running generators, maybe running vehicle lifts, um, maybe running an elevator. So, those are all pow high power uh, uh, items. And, you know, with that being said, they're going to run into those and it's going to be trouble. Yep. So, that's uh, why I know what you're looking at. Yeah, that's why I mentioned about the, the commercial course um, and having a team. I was wondering if you have a team because the commercial course really just talks about the, the inspector being the manager of folks, Correct. commercial electricians who are familiar, more familiar probably than, than you would be or an HVAC tech or something like right. that because it's hard to be a master of everything. Although, yeah. not you, Glenn, you're a master <laughs> of everything, sir. You're right. Um, you know, I... Uh, I am that unique inspector, yeah. okay, and, and I, I clearly understand that. Um, I've been I've been teaching contractors since two thousand and eight, uh, and you know from exam prep to 
estimating to project management, whether it be structurals or ground, you know, uh, I can do vertical and horizontal construction. So I, I'm not weirdo, right? And, and I get that. Um, I can look at things a little bit more globally and then defer accordingly. If you just hold that home inspector's license, if you just do houses residential on a regular basis, don't step into the commercial world without the proper training. It, it, you are setting yourself up for a liability risk that you may not survive. Yep. And I mean financially as well. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a high risk to step into. So, you know, I, I always err on the side of caution. Don't step into it till you've done some training with, you know, go shadow some guy and go shadow some commercial inspectors. Uh, get some additional training. Uh, have a tendency to look at what you need to look at. Um, I've got a, I've got another good one up in here. I want to try. Yeah. To what do you want to What do you want to finish up with? Yeah. And, let's. Yeah. We're we're about that time. So let's. Um, you know what? Let's talk Fabby. Okay. Good. Because listen, we've got a conference coming up. This is actually a joint conference with Internachi. Uh, Internachi is, is uh, joining us with this uh, conference in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, it is September 10th through the 12th. It is a three-day conference. Uh, we've got a lot of things going on with that. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me pull up our lovely little pieces of information. Marriott is a beautiful place. It really is. Uh, our registration right now, um, we're, we're working with the hotel. Uh, we just switched over to a different management company. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're working with the, uh, with the hotel to try to get the, um, uh, and to get everything properly set up so that we can get and get people registered for the classes and they can register for their hotels. Mm -hmm. uh, the, it's, um, they're coming out of, well, they're coming out of COVID. Yeah. Uh, and and we have uh, they've got families from uh, from the clap structures uh, mm -hmm. that are living there as well. So there's a lot of things going on uh, it, down in that area. So you know there's a little bit of a delay, a little bit of hesitancy with them uh, on trying to get things so we can get that registration active and live. Uh, but our goal is to make sure that that that's up and running here within the next week or so. Um, so coming up in, in, in our classes and everything, um, here we go. This, and basically this is our agenda nice. uh, for, uh, for the conference. Um, Friday, uh, four point wind mitts, uh, Manny Gonzalez, who lives down in that area. He's a uh, past president. He's one of our instructors. And, uh, so he gets the, and he gets the joy of being on the four points and wind mitts. Uh, and it's his backyard, so he's real familiar with that. Um, then we're getting into, uh, we've actually got a building official coming in who, to talk about uh, roofs uh, in the Miami-Dade area. Um, we're coming in with uh, smart homes. We're getting a lot of smart technology, and uh, how do we inspect it, you know? There's so many different means and methods for that. So 
Uh, we've got them coming in. Uh, we've got our standards and practices we'll be talking about. Um, looking at electrical, again, uh, one of the biggest questions we get is, uh, is about electrical. So uh, we've, we've got um, Mike coming in, uh, talking about electrical systems, panels, PSCIs, arc faults. But we've got a dual track going on that same day. Uh, so you can take the morning and take these classes, right? And then in the afternoon, you can go hang out at the House of Horrors, or you can flip it around, take classes in the afternoon at the conference, and then do House of Horrors in the morning. Hmm. So, you know, we've got it out there for and forth. So we're um, House of Horrors is a great opportunity to look at uh, how many how many defects are, are listed in there, Ben? Thousand defects, lots of fun. Lots of fun, yeah. So uh, being able to get in there and take a look at it, look at these defects. So, you know, the 10th is the Friday. We're in there looking at all that stuff uh, with four-point wind mitigation. Saturday is the main track uh, that we deal with. Sunday, uh, we're I'm going to be talking with um, uh, we're going to be talking more business-related conversations on Sunday. Uh, that's only a half day. Uh, a lot of inspectors don't think they need to talk business. <laughs> they need and that they need to learn anything about business. Hmm. And unfortunately, that's the one thing we all fail at. <laughs> so, you know, um, business is absolutely critical. Uh, don't and don't get missed. Don't think that it's not something that you, you don't need. Uh, we all need to deal with business in one way or the other, uh, yep. whether it is to help our business grow, uh, starting our business, uh, just to manage the day-to-day. -day. Um, if, if you're a one-person shop, well, it's pretty easy, but uh, are you properly submitting your payroll taxes, you know, or are you just dumping everything in your personal account? Um, it, that don't work that way. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm a one-man person, but uh, guess what? I'm paid as an employee to my company. And in doing so, my company takes out taxes. And it, all my checks, all my pay from my inspections go directly into my bank account, my business bank account, not my personal. So those two elements stay very separate from each other. Uh, so, Chad asked, do I need to sign up for the conference? And what's the cost? Yes. So signing up for the conference. Um, right now, the conference, the fees for the conference is 95 per night for the hotel. And we do not have the uh, conference fee up here yet, just because we haven't opened it up. I think it's uh, 250 uh, for the conference as a non-member. Cool. Uh, 195 for a member, I okay. believe it is. Uh, but fab, fab, you know, we do these things four times a year. Uh, Fort Lauderdale's in September, and in December we're in Daytona. Fabulous. Yeah. Uh, then we're working on uh, some inspection, uh, some conferences for up in North Florida in the Panhandle, um, and, and so and so we'll be switching out some of our uh, regular, whether it be a, a Daytona, Orlando, or Tampa conference. Uh, we'll switch those out uh, once a year and throw those up into the Panhandle of Florida. Um, 
and and really trying to expand that uh, our growth and, and our reach to uh, to the Florida inspectors. Uh, people don't realize how big Florida really is. Uh, it will take you 16 hours to drive from Key West to Pensacola. That's nonstop 16 hours. It's incredible. <laughs> Stopping is going to take you a good 20 hours. People think driving through Texas is bad. Florida is almost as bad. Uh, so, um, you know, they just don't realize how large of a state we have here. So. Two questions about the yes. event. Um, Chad asks, is there an InterNACHI member discount? And Gerald asks, is there a, a price breakdown if they just want to take one day of, of Yes, the there is. Um, historically, we've done, uh, uh, you can take just Friday, you can take just uh, Friday and Saturday, uh, or you can just take, uh, take Saturday. There is a, co a cost breakdown for each one of those. Uh, like I said, we are going through a brand new management company. They are coming on board. Uh, we're we're bring, I'm bringing them in right now. Uh, but the issues that we're running into at the moment is with the hotel and getting the hotel opened up for yeah. so we can start uh, booking those. Once we get that cleared, then uh, the registration for the conference will be lit up. And there's a discount for international members. I, I believe there is, yes. Yeah, there's a difference between member and non-member. Yeah. Gotta be a member. Gotta be a member. Gotta be of a family. member. That's right. Gotta be part of the family, right? That's it. <laughs> well, Glenn, uh, thanks for being part of the family and being an international member and being ahead of Fabi down there to take care of all of our Florida inspectors. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the webinar today, too. Oh, I, I enjoy this stuff so much. I really do. I can it's, tell. It's fun. I really appreciate it. Stay safe and healthy. And uh, maybe I'll see you down there. Uh, there you one, go. One of these events. I'll come down. It's cold in Colorado. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Glenn, thank you so much. Thanks, thank you, everybody. It's great seeing and great talking with you. I, I hope I've been helpful. If not, hey, guess what? That's my phone number. So you can always call me. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, everyone. See ya. See you Bye. guys.